Hi, this is Tia Sirkar. I play Sabine Wren on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Twin Suns Transmission. Of course, it ends where it becomes a desert planet with twin suns. Hey, my name is Taylor Gray, and I play Ezra Bridger in Star Wars Rebels. I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Twin Suns Transmission. Here's where the fun begins. Let's make this a bit more interesting. You've taken your first step into a larger world. The garbage will do! Nothing will stand in our way. May the force be with us. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Twin Suns Transmission. I'm your host, Eric Pfeiffer, joined as always by Jesse Sanfilippo. Hey guys. Welcome to episode 157, a very exciting episode here of Twin Suns Transmission. We are going to be doing our complete The Rise of Skywalker review and predictions here on this episode and just preparing for the show I mean, this is the end of the Skywalker saga. It's been advertised as that, and Jesse, being a fan for 24-plus years, it really got me, like, emotional. I know. It's just so wild to think of. Like, I keep having to remind myself that this is this is it. This is it for the Skywalker saga. It's It doesn't even feel real. Yeah. And obviously this is not the end for Star Wars. I mean, Disney did not buy Lucasfilm to make a couple movies and a few TV shows and say Sayonara. I mean, this is going to be with us for a while, but with it being the Skywalker saga, it holds a lot of weight to it and I think it's it's very exciting that we're finally going to get this film and just depending on when I get this out, either a day or a couple days, we'll have the movie out. Um, but it's very exciting. So uh, before we get into that, though, let's go through the most recent episode of Star Wars Resistance, and this episode was called Station to Station. And um, unlike a couple of the previous episodes, Jesse, this one actually had the First Order in it and seemed to have uh, more of uh, importance to the overall cause and purpose of the story. Yes, and I was so excited to get Tam back. I am, like, itching to know the resolution to her story. So every time we see Tam, I get really excited. Yeah. All right, well, let's uh, obviously say that before we get into this, we are going to be talking about the episode, so there will be some spoilers. Um, But just a quick review and quick summary of the episode. So essentially we have... Niku and Kaz that uh, board this new fueling station that we see called the Titan, and it is the same type of ship as the Colossus, the same type of station, and um, the First Order is trying to round up all these stations, uh, obviously to spread across the galaxy to have fueling stations uh, as widespread as they can. And Tam and Rucklin are also assigned to the Titan for a supply run. And obviously that's where things go a little crazy. Um, so just overall impressions. I mean, I know you said you liked Tam back in it, but what did you think of the episode? Um, overall, I really enjoyed seeing, you know, Niku and Kaz kind of work together to be spies together. Like the real and true definition of a spy um, infiltrating the First Order, and um, they they were just really fun, and they actually were 
pretty successful this time, which is not generally how it goes for for Kaz, especially. Yeah, and I love the uh, I love the sort of like fake voice that Kaz puts on. He's like, yeah. oh, you gotta turn it the other way or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Like, it was really good. I wasn't expecting Kaz to pull that out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and obviously the technician outfits are sort of a call to uh, the Saturday Night Live with uh, radar technician Matt uh, going undercover and obviously played by Adam Driver, which was really awesome to kind of see that get um, a nod and and back into into canon, I guess, which is really (laughs) cool. Um, So let's talk a little bit about Tam, because obviously this is a huge episode for her. And, you know, we've talked about her since season one and about how her story is going to play out. And to me, this is going to go one way now, because she seems, I mean, at the end of the episode, I think Rucklin was like, yeah, it's, you know, it really shows you how desperate the Colossus is if they're willing to send people to board our ship and steal our parts from us. And she's like, yeah desperate like to me i feel like tam is now desperate and she knows what her mistake was yeah and in that same line too rucklin is like aren't you glad you joined joined the first order and she just like glosses over that and is like yeah desperate like Mm -hmm. like she just ignores that he even asked her that yeah i really i really think I, i mean i don't know yet if she truly feels that she's made the wrong choice yet or if she just has you know a lot more empathy than the average you know first order trooper and is able to still think of those people and be like well do they really deserve to all die like you know i think tam still has that that empathy in her where she she still cares about people even though she's with the First Order. She still thinks she's doing a good thing by being in the First Order, you know? I just, I don't know. I don't like, know. I, she she does, she said so many things in this episode where she was like, oh, uh, it's like being back home when she got on the Titan. Home. Like, she made it, she still is referring to the Colossus as her home. Like, she hasn't fully adopted her First Order, you know, quarters and and she doesn't refer to that as home anymore she or at all she refers to the colossus as home and then she said something about how when they get to like the supply depot she's like oh yeah it reminds me of the acquisitions on the colossus i kind of miss it there's you know a lot of stormtroopers here and so it's a bit more like sterile or whatever she said like it it seemed it seems like she really misses being on the colossus and the reason why she saved Kaz and or helped Kaz and Niku is because they were talking and I think Niku said something about the uh, cosmic radiation uh, would kill everybody on the Colossus and she I just I don't know I feel like she is doing whatever she can to help the Colossus at this point yeah she I mean she definitely is you know missing her old life it seems like she even talked about how it was more fun to work on ships under Yeager than it is to work under the first order. And I don't know if that's so much of like, just being like, Oh, I miss back home. Just like anybody who joins up with the military would like think about their life back home. But 
I just don't feel like she's had like a full moment of realization. Like I was wrong. Kaz was right. Um, I've made a mistake, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like she still is in like, like she still doesn't want, I think in her head, she wouldn't really want camp. Sorry, I'm saying all the wrong things. Kaz to be part of the resistance. I still think she thinks that that is the wrong choice for him to have made. Yeah. And now she's just kind of missing it and 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 doesn't wish any ill will upon them, you know? So you don't think that we've hit full on Tam Demption yet? No, I don't. I mean, I think we're getting really really close, but I feel like she needs like a moment. Like she's like Rucklin, he is like beyond. He's gone. He's never coming back. He does not care about any of them at all. He made that super, super clear. He's like, Oh, you guys are all gonna die? That's what you get. Like he doesn't care. But see here the interesting thing is I feel like that's changed since the last time we saw him because I even wrote this down in my notes. In the previous episode that we saw him, I think it was called Rendezvous Point, and that was an episode where we got Tora's mother, Vanessa Doza. And she almost made it seem like, um, you know, Ruckland hesitated a little bit. Like, yeah. in that episode, it almost seemed like she was appealing to his feelings and stuff. And not that it would have, like, changed his mind or, or whatever, but she was able to get through to him a little bit, it seemed like. Yeah, she thought there was still hope for him. But I, if I had to guess, I would say at this point that I think she's wrong. Because even though he hesitated then, like he did, he did not hesitate this time. I don't know if he took that conversation kind of to heart. I mean, he actually did hesitate this time. I think I, yeah, because Kaz made him stop um, from calling security for like two seconds to hear him out. And he heard him out. Mm-hmm. But it didn't take him very long to be like, nah, you're wrong. I'm in the right. I'm turning you in. I wonder if that conversation, you know, with Tora's mom was kind of like like a wake-up call to him where he had to really consider what side he was on. And I feel like he's he's picked the First Order. I don't think there's any coming back for him. If he's not worried about them all just mm-hmm. dying instantaneously, then I think he's done. Yeah. We did get another major character in this episode, and that was General Hux. So what would you think about seeing him finally in Resistance? I was surprised. I also, I thought it was really funny that he was like, he's giving his like speech. Yes. That he's like all, he's like getting all into it. And it was like coming to like this very General Hux like crescendo and he just gets interrupted yes i thought that was great <laughs> yes they will all suffer for this and then beep 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 oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah he was so disappointed <laughs> yeah he definitely blames people for other people like he's always looking to point a finger at somebody else for his failures um and not that this was really his failure because he was just showing up but any chance he can get it's always somebody's fault you know, um, Commander Pyre, how could you let this happen? You know, like everything is is uh, never his issue. It's always somebody else screwed up. Yeah, he has like he is like the ex- 
exact empathy of or exact example of having no empathy for anyone whatsoever and he even like got a little rise out of Kaz like I felt like Kaz was gonna like turn around and punch him or something because he was like oh yeah we're collecting all these stations and if they aren't up to par we'll just kill them all and Kaz like turned around like he was gonna say something or punch him in the face but yeah cold feet just, <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well i thought it was really cool and i think it also shows us how close we are getting to having everything kind of come together um obviously seeing in the trailer for season two at some point kylo ren's gonna show up um and i think it's really cool that you know we got uh, a little bit of what Kylo's doing. He's sending Hux out to, you know, check these stations and see where they're at. Um, and so we'll see how that all comes to play in, in, you know, the rest of the season and maybe in episode nine. They're like collecting these stations too, right? Like they, is that initially what like got them after the Colossus is they're just collecting in general, these fueling stations just as like resources. I think so, yeah, and I think I think it was at the end of season one where they're basically like, here's where the First Order territory is or whatever, like, here's where the ships are for the First Order, and it was, like, a lot more expansive than they thought it was. I could just be imagining things, but, um, you know, they had some in, like, closer to the uh, unknown regions, some in the inner rim, outer rim... Um, you know, close to wild space for some of them. Like, I, I don't know. I, and I think that's why they need these refueling stations, just because they have such a expansive fleet everywhere. But we'll see. I, I'm not totally sure. Um, obviously, another great episode of Star Wars Resistance, and uh, we'll continue to have coverage of these episodes as they go on. But I think you and I both can agree that this was a cool one to see. Obviously, love getting more Tam, um, and I, I, I really do think that she's she's about to cause problems for the First Order. Give it a couple more episodes. I hope so. I'm a little bit worried about her because it sounds like they're the First Order is really going to start trying to manipulate her and is gonna is really they're planning on using her to get to the colossus yeah so i hope i hope she's able to to break free from that yeah all right well let's move on to the main topic of this show and that is going to be talking about the rise of skywalker and what this means so uh, we are going to be talking about some of our predictions and what we think could happen in the show. And um, before we began recording today, Jesse, I remember talking to you a little bit about what our structure was going to be like for this. And there's just so much to talk about. Um, it's it. We don't want to just get to like a point where, where we're just like spewing things out just because I feel like we'll get to points where it's just like we're going on tangents all over the place and we just there's no order to anything so um what i thought would be fun is for my party which i'm having on thursday for the um the premiere of the rise of skywalker for us normal people we're actually uh, recording as we speak at the exact time of the red carpet uh live event for the world premiere so um, that's going on now, but on Thursday, that's when everybody else gets to see it, and that's when my party's going to be, and I created a prediction sheet uh, 
where um, people are going to fill this out and um, they could win prizes. So I filled mine out already, so there's no cheating on my part. I'm not going to take your answers, Jesse, and, and try and <laughs> contradict them or anything. Um, so I filled mine out and I'll let you know what, what my answers were. Um, but there's a couple different parts to it. And the first part is, and you guys at home, if you want to fill out, you know, yours and, and let us know what you guys filled out for this, that would be awesome too. Um, the first part essentially is, are they going to live or are they going to die? Um, and so we'll begin with that. We'll start with Chewbacca. So obviously Chewbacca has been uh, a major character for such a long time in the Star Wars universe. And, um, you know, he's been played by Peter Mayhew, who is obviously not with us anymore. But we have Jonas Suetomo, who's done a great job filling in the big Wookiee shoes of uh, Chewbacca. And um, what do you think? What do you think about Chewbacca? I think Chewie's going to live. Okay. I feel like he's a character who it's very convenient for him to be potentially making cameos or something down the line you know mm -hmm. other people can step in to that costume very I don't want to say very easily because you know there's a magic to Chewie that you have to you have to capture but that's a character that could be carried on for a long time and kind of like hold the glue together by showing up in other things and also just like he's just this such a big part of like like the, like the young child's like fascination of Star Wars, I feel like. like. When you go to Disney World, you want to get a Wookiee hug. Like, you don't want like a sad RIP like Wookiee hug. <laughs> you, you want like it to be Chewbacca and for him to be there and he's still alive and he's just hanging out on Batuu and you get to give him a hug. So here's my thing, though. You and I did this, too. So this is not just on you, but it seems like what you're telling me is that separate from the story canon, it's more of just a because we can include him in the future type thing, we're going to keep him alive. Not not a like it would be good for the story for him to die in this, like sacrificially die or something like that. Ugh. And I, don't, I just don't know if it's wishful thinking. <laughs> I, yeah. don't think, I don't think so. I don't think that's Chewie's way he's going to go. You know, like if he goes, I don't think that I would want that like big sacrificial like gesture from him. I don't know. He's just such like a constant and such a pillar of Star Wars that I feel like it would make sense if all these characters, basically all these old characters that we've had for, since the original trilogy, they've pretty much all had to die. Um, Han, we know that Leia's going. She has to. Um, C-3PO looks like he's going. Luke is gone. Like, he's really, I mean, him and R2 are really like the last, you know, really main characters that we have left. And it would really make sense, I think, for R2 to continue on, too. And I think it would make sense for Chewie, too. I think we've lost so many of them that it would just... Some of them have to live? <laughs> yeah, some of them have to live. Yeah. 
not only for my heart, but just for just just so it's not like an out with the old in with the new like storyline, you know, like it just I just feel like we've lost enough mm-hmm. of those original characters. And I feel like we could keep a couple. And and I think Chewie is one of those that we that he could his story could live on. Yeah. Well, I have to say this right away. I don't think that a lot of people are going to die. I just don't think. I think there will be some deaths. I just don't think we're going to be like, you know, Ray's tally mark of her time on Jakku. I don't think that's going to be the death list. You know, I think it's going to be like, you know, a couple people maybe. Um, But I do, you know, my mind changes all the time. Like I said, I filled out my prediction sheet already. But I think like you know, it changes from day to day. Like I looked at some of these answers and I was like, wait, I wrote that. Like I was <laughs> thinking something different this morning, you know? Um, right. But that's just because I just have no idea. I don't like read spoilers or, or, you know, want to know what's going to happen or anything like that. I'm just excited for it. Um, but I think for Chewbacca, the only way that I can see him dying, cause I said that he's going to live also is that if, Kylo Ren has a redemption in this film where he like turns to the good side or something like that and is doing something to save Leia or to save Rey and he becomes in danger maybe Chewbacca will sacrifice himself for Ben Solo knowing it's Han's son Um, that's the only way that I can see Chewbacca dying is like a sacrificial death in some way if it's for Ben, like, yeah, I, that would be the only way that I think I would be okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll be broken otherwise. I mean, I'll be broken no matter what. Yeah. But no, I could see that. All right, let's move on to the next character. General Leia Organa. Live or die? Die. I think she has to. I think they just have to create an end for Carrie. Um it just wouldn't make sense, I don't think, for her to live on. Yeah. I also put die. Um, and the only reason why I'm saying that is uh, a couple reasons, actually. Two reasons. One, it seems like in some of the trailers while Ray's on that jungle planet that it, it's almost like she's mad. Like, like she's angry about mm. something. And I feel like this could be the moment where Leia gets killed and Ray's angry. And she's trying to take out her frustration by training and maybe, you know, running through the jungle. And if she comes across a Star Destroyer or whatever, the Death Star or whatever, I don't know what she's climbing. (laughs) Um, You know, going back to her roots as a scavenger and climbing and, and jumping and running and things like that, I feel like it's due to a frustration from the death of someone important. And I feel like she's going to feel very lost if the leader of the resistance, Leia, dies. And um, the second reason being is I think that they're really grooming Poe to become the leader of the resistance. Yep, 100%, especially in these books that we've had in our book club. it totally seems like she's passing that torch. Um, and I can't just see Leia retiring, you know? Yeah. I, d- I just don't think she would retire. And I also don't want her to just keep up this fight, like, forever. I want, like, a I want like a 
like I want like an end for her. Not that I want her to die, but I just I feel like she could become one with the force in a similar way uh, as Luke and somehow, you know, help Ray in that sort of a way. Um, yeah. Well, what about this, though? If Leia doesn't die, like, let's just say that she lives. And I mean, you know, there's only so many things you can do with Carrie being gone and not having her for the filming of this movie. How do you kill somebody off that has had such a major role for so long? You know, will you be able to do justice to that character's death after this many years and not having her around to shoot it? I mean, it's 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 not going to be easy. I, I don't know how they're going to do it. I have a feeling that she's going to have to be somewhere that... Explodes. You know, explodes. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, as much as that kind of, like, stinks, like, I just, I don't think I'd be mad about it because I just think it would be fitting for Leia to go out in this episode. And I just... There's not really anything else they can do. I mean, I think we're super, super lucky to be getting anything from Leia in this movie. I'm super stoked that they have these this unused footage that they're able to rework into this episode. It's I, And they keep saying they have, like, a satisfying end for her. So to me, satisfying, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe it's morbid. But, like, for me, it would be satisfying to have her go out in some way um i don't know if it will be maybe to protect her son maybe it's a similar thing that you were talking about with chewy maybe kylo she's able to see him turn back to the light and she does something that helps him you know move on and get and continue towards the light side and goes out that way um that would make me really happy so that she has that one last like positive memory of her of her son um I don't know. I just can't see Leia just like settling down on some on Tatooine later or something. <laughs> like, yeah. I have die as well, so we shall see. We're so far we're two for two. We have the same answers. Um, let's go to our next character, a character that's been with us since the Empire Strikes Back in 1980, Lando Calrissian. We're getting him back in this episode. Live or die. Hmm. Gosh, I th I think Lando could live. Okay, I'm gonna write that down for you. Are you sure? Do Is that I... your final answer? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, I feel like we have to be choosy because I think you're right. I don't think people. I don't think there's gonna be like a massive amount of death. Um. I think he's. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say live. Okay. You're locked in. Uh, I also have Liv. Um, I just, I don't, I don't see them bringing him back for him to die. Um, yeah. the only way that I could see him not living, and we'll get to this later, because one of my questions is, will the Millennium Falcon explode? That's one of my questions. Will mm. it, will it get destroyed? Um... The only way I can see Lando dying is if he goes out in the Falcon with knowing that what we know from Solo, L3, you know, if he blows up in the Falcon or something like that. That's the only way I could see him going. But otherwise, I think Lando will live. 
Yeah, I don't see him going out. I feel like he's just like this fun character that is coming back to be a part of it and help them succeed. Um, and he's just going to be a really fun nod back to the original trilogy. I don't really think he has too much like emotional weight like behind him, like in his connection to all of our characters that we currently have in our new trilogy. I just don't think it would make sense for him to die. Um, yeah, and I, I, I guess we'll, I'll talk about the Falcon later. But, but yeah, I feel like he's just going to come back, be all Lando-y, have some cute little one-liners, hit on some people, <laughs> yeah. blow up some stuff, and like be able to go on his day. I don't think we have to worry about Lando. Okay. All right, next one. This is a big one. I feel like this one might spark the most discussion. Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo. Live or die. These are this is one of the hardest ones. Yeah. Um I I I'm gonna go with die. Okay. It's really I'm feeling kind of yeah, no, I think I'm leaning more towards die. I was gonna say I'm feeling fifty fifty, but Alright, why? I'm, yeah. Um, because, and maybe this is just my imagination, but I can't really, even though I think that there's a really good chance of him having a redemption arc in this episode, um, cause we know that he really struggles with the light side and, and, and it actually pulls, he has, feels a pull to the light. I feel like it would make a lot of sense for him to ultimately end up there. But he's just done so much, and he's just been so evil that I just don't... I just feel like if... I can't picture a world where Kylo is just like... Just like, oh, I'm light side now. Let me just walk around and, you know, be happy and train some Force users. Like, I just feel like he's going to, you know, do some big grand gesture to help Ray maybe you know, defeat Palpatine or whoever we're going after in the big battle in the end. Um, and maybe he'll die in that kind of a way um, to kind of like just be like a final grand gesture, a sacrifice to to help take down the First Order. Yeah. I also said die. Um, but the thing is, like, I, I'm obviously a huge Ray fan, and um, if you've been listening to us for a while, you know we've had my friend Bree on the show, who is a massive, massive Kylo Ren fan, and um, she will defend Ben Solo until she dies, and that's <laughs> great. And she brings up a lot of good points, and, and, you know, if Ben Solo dies, does that mean that Han Solo died for nothing? Mm. Ben Solo, this young man who was, you know, threatened by his uncle and his master, you know, with a lightsaber hanging over his bed as he was sleeping, uh, unfairly, um, do you, like, he's, he's suffered a lot. He's really gone through so much. He's been manipulated by Snoke. He's, you know, done whatever he can to please Snoke, and, you know, that's that's killing his father. He, he wants to be like his grandfather. He just has so many problems, 
and they're not all his. Now, granted, he is the one going through the actions. He's the one that's doing all these bad, terrible things. But um, he clearly has a connection with Ray, and he, you know, maybe she is that the person that is really going to be there to knock some sense into him. And, you know, obviously Kylo's feeling the pull to the light, so Kylo may turn good. I just don't know. And I, I to me, he's the the one that I'm really scratching my head about because I don't want Han Solo to have died for nothing, but we just don't know what's going on internally with, with Kylo, you know, because sure he killed his dad, but I don't think it was all like for naught. Like, I think that made him second guess himself about killing Leia, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. But I, I don't know if it would necessarily mean that that Han died for nothing. Gosh, maybe it does mean that. I don't know. And if they both die, like Han and Leia and Ben, like who's the rising Skywalker? Right. Unless, I mean, yeah, because I think that's a prediction we've had in the past too is like is Ben the Skywalker that is rising? Is he what the title is coming from? And if that's the case, it would it wouldn't really maybe make sense for him to die. Um, I don't know, unless we get some other big twist in Ray's lineage and she all of a sudden comes out a Skywalker, which I don't, I don't think is the case. Um, but yeah, he's a really tough one. Okay. Well, so far we have all the same answers. Um, let's go to our next one. And that is Ray. Live or die. She's got me. I know. <laughs> Just silence. Um, she's she's another. I mean, her and Kylo, I think, are the two hardest ones to predict. I think their fates are both very 50-50. Um, I, I, think she, I think she's probably going to live because it's Star Wars and it's Disney and it's, you know, the hero gets to live, you know? And I mean, maybe she's not the hero. Maybe Kylo's the hero. I don't know. Because we see Rey go to the dark side or it seemingly go to the dark side in one of these trailers. So, I don't know. I'm going to say live. I'm going to say live just because, you know, we've been portrayed to with her for so long as being the hero I know she feels I feel she feels this pull to the darkness that she doesn't even realize she has um, that maybe might teeter her on the edge of death um, but I, I do think in the end she's our main hero our main character and I, I, I feel like she's going to live I agree I have her as live as well um, I don't know for me this one wasn't as difficult I I, I really do feel like Ray will survive through this um, and I feel like if you know as we talked about before you know if you've read the Thrawn books with us you understand that these young children that the Chiss have that navigate through hyperspace lanes and things without like coordinates you know, they just travel through hyperspace just based off of the way that they're feeling and sort of like a, a force ability kind of. Um, they're called Skywalkers. And if Skywalker is the title, obviously the title of the movie, if it's if it's referring to something other than a specific, like, 
character or family, it could be referring to, you know, a group of people. And if Skywalkers are Force users, I think Rey is going to be the one to sort of lead them and create this new, not necessarily order, but group of Force users that, you know, will be trained by her, I think. So. Yeah, I would love that. I would love if that little Skywalker nod and Thrawn became like what we're calling Force users now. Yeah. Like that would be so cool because she's gone kind of like I know in this in this book that we're actually going to record about a little bit later, Spark of Resistance, Rey specifically, I don't think she says it, but I think she's thinking in her head that she's not a Jedi. Um, she specifically like says it or thinks it in that book. So that would be interesting to see her like kind of like just create a, her whole own thing. Yeah. After this. All right. What about Finn? Live or die? Ugh. Live. Because I want it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Finn's going to live. I, I, I also put that he was going to live. Um, just because I feel like Finn is a crucial part in taking down the First Order. He's the only one I, that I can think of right now that has been a part of the First Order, and I think he's really going to, you know, he's part of the main three, uh, Finn, Rose, or uh, Finn, Ray, and Poe. And I think that those, those three um, have crucial roles to play, and I think Finn is going to be there at the end to see victory. Yeah, and I feel like his character kind of deserves that. You know, he was taken at a young age and brainwashed, thankfully unsuccessfully, um, by the First Order. So I just, I just feel like he, his character, just like deserves that life of seeing what life is like without the First Order, without all of this war, and just getting to, to live his life and maybe be a part of whatever new government they come up with. I feel like. I feel like he would would be instrumental in something like that, knowing, you know, everything he knows about the First Order and how they went wrong. Yeah. All right, last one. And obviously I know that there's a lot more Star Wars characters than the ones that I have listed here. Obviously Rose is still around, and we could do that if you want for fun. I just hadn't included her on my list here. Um, But Poe Dameron, live or die? I think Poe is most likely to live just because we've had all of this passing of the torch, all these moments um, between him and Leia and just seeming like he's just been being groomed to be the leader of, you know, this, this of the resistance and probably of whatever comes to be after the resistance. So I feel like, I feel like Poe's going to live. Okay. And I also agree. Um, I had die, and then I scratched it mm. out and wrote live. <laughs> so that was another one I wasn't quite sure on, just because he's very reckless. And, you know, as we have read through some of these Rise of Skywalker, Journey to the Rise of Skywalker books, I feel like we get a different Poe. Um, and I feel like that's to show us that he's changing a little bit, and he has remorse for some of his actions, and he is going to be more calculated and 
and uh, things like that. So I don't think he's going to be the same hot-headed gunslinger that we saw, you know, in some of the previous films. I think he's going to be a little bit more calculated with his actions and probably stay out of some trouble. Agreed. All right. Uh, do you want to do Rose just for fun? Live or die? Yeah. I think Rose will live. Me too. Yeah. So this entire list here, um, we had all the same answers, which is nice. kind of interesting. Um, okay. Next question. Will Ray be a Skywalker? And by that, I mean, will she have Skywalker blood? No. I do no. not think so. So this whole you're no one thing is sticking true and she's not related to anybody that is a force user in this one that we know. Um, I So I think that Ray is, she's not related to anyone with the last name Skywalker. I think she could still have a family that means something to us. Um, I don't think it necessarily has to be like a Kenobi or, or something, you know, like a big, big name. I just feel like, I feel like she was left there for a reason, um, and abandoned for a reason more so than just like your parents were drunks and they didn't care about you and they sold you for money. Like, I feel like may, my guess would be that they, they knew that their kid had the force. They knew that this was not a good thing and that she would be in danger or maybe be endangering them or the rest of their family. And they put her, you know, as far from the danger as they could think of putting her. You know, maybe they thought they were doing a good thing for her, trying to keep her safe, or maybe they knew, maybe there was some other prophecy that said that she would be the one, you know, to put all this to rest in the future and they needed to keep her safe or something. I don't know. I, I just feel like that, that her being abandoned on Jakku had a purpose. I feel like Kylo was lying to her a bit, but I just still don't think she's a, she is a Skywalker. Okay. Uh, I also put no. Um, the only thing, and I just, this is, I waffle back and forth all the time about this. I keep trying to think if, if she was a Skywalker, how would that have happened? And I just don't know. Um, uh, if she is a Skywalker, I'm looking forward to seeing how that all plays out and what that means. Um, but reading these books, they, and we'll talk about this on our, our book club podcast, uh, more is there's a lot of emphasis on Ray's name still. There's still a lot of emphasis on her name, and I just feel like that means sh her name is something that will mean something to us, and whether that's Skywalker or, you know, something else, I don't know, but there's something more than what we have right now, obviously, and I do think that Kylo is lying. I don't think that she's nobody. I think that there is something there, um, but we'll see. All right, let's go to the Millennium Falcon. Here we go at this point. Will the Millennium Falcon explode? No. No. I'm going to say no. Okay. Um, I also said no. Why are you saying no? I think really my main reason is that we've just created this land in on Batuu where mm -hmm. the Millennium Falcon exists, and it sits there. You know, and you can go on a ride where you're flying it. I think they love to do things 
you know, they, they purposely made that land so that it made sense, like, in canon. You know, they wanted you to feel like you were part of the canon. They worked really, really hard to make you feel like you were part of the story of Star Wars. I think that they worked really hard to make that whole land part of canon and to make you feel like you were in you know, in that world in real time. And I just think it would make sense for the Falcon to kind of like retire, you know, and just be done with its war days. And it would be really cool. And this is just like a wild and crazy idea I had that if, you know, Chewie could just be like, okay, the war is over. I'm taking the Falcon, going to go, you know, wherever. And it's just, he just ends up on Batuu. And that's how you're able to go like visit the Falcon till the end of time. Um, I think that would be really cool. I just don't see a reason to just like blow it up, you know. It's... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I said no, um, but I just don't know why. I just picked one. Um, okay, next question. Obviously, we know Palpatine's coming back. This is a multiple choice question. Um, it might not be any of these, might not be the right answer, but, um, if that's the case, then no one's going to get any points. So here's the question. What will be the state of which Palpatine has returned? Number one, he didn't die in the second Death Star, meaning he's alive in the flesh. Somehow he was able to survive being thrown down into the pit, whether you guys believe in the theory of the world between worlds or not, that would be option one. Option two, Palpatine's essence latched itself to the Death Star 2 or another object, meaning he did die, essentially, but his spirit lives on through an object, kind of like the Sith like to do, whether it be tombs or holocrons or, you know, if you've read some legends, some of the ancient Sith Lords were able to sort of latch themselves to other things, um, you know, planets and, and whatnot, so that would be option two. Or option three, he was able to clone himself, and this is a clone of Palpatine, which we've seen in the Dark Empire comic books, which uh, is part of Legends, but we do know that a lot of time Lucasfilm will take bits and pieces of Legends stories and bring them into current canon. So obviously it could be something other than what I've wrote down here, but given those three options, which one do you see is most likely? I, this one's easy for me. I think it's option A or okay. option one. Um, I think it's him in the flesh. Um, I think he'll probably look a little bit wrinklier these days. I don't know if that's possible for him, but um, I, I think we're going to actually see him physically. Um, and for two reasons, I do believe in the world between worlds um, theory just with the blue mist and the way it looks and sounds while Palpatine is being thrown down at the second Death Star. Like, that's very much a lot of the same music, and um, that blue mist is exactly the same as what we see in the world between worlds, so I think it would make a lot of sense for him to have gained complete access to that and, you know, been able to escape through there. And also because of that moment in the trailer where we hear him talking to Ray, and I mean, it, this could not be him, but I don't see who else it would be, but you see like the cloak and Palpatine's talking in the background, Ray's taking steps back and this cloaked thing is coming towards her. 
and it's sitting in some kind of like a machine, a mechanical thing that looks like it's like holding Palpatine and just like walking mechanically towards Rey. I feel like that's his like kind of made probably half destroyed body that now needs this machine to get around. Um, I, that's that's pretty much why I think he's he still has that flash. Is is that that one scene there makes me feel that way? Okay, well we have our first difference for our our prediction sheets. I picked option B, which was his essence sort of latched itself to an object, uh, either the second Death Star or something else. I think the fact that we are getting the second Death Star is no coincidence. I think it's important. I think it is sort of where he lost his apprentice being Darth Vader. I think he's got serious connections to these Death Stars and what they represent. Um, obviously, the second Death Star was a major loss for the Empire, and it sent him, you know, sent essentially the, the, the destruction of the, the end of Episode Six that we get without Vader. Obviously, Vader dies. Um, the Death Star blows up, and there's Palpatine that gets thrown down a shaft. I think that's a, a huge blow, and I think it symbolizes pain and heartache and, and you know, obviously a major loss for him and the Empire. I think he was able to somehow latch himself onto segments of the second Death Star, and that's where we're going to get Palpatine. I don't think he'll be mobile very much. I think he'll essentially... Uh, become um, uh, become a problem when they get to I think it's Kef Beer I think was the name of it, I could be wrong uh, with the water where we see the second Death Star, I think that's where we're going to get Palpatine and, and it's because the second Death Star is there so I don't know, but I'm glad we differed on something, that'll be interesting Yeah. this might be a tiebreaker for us do do let out yeah while sitting and watching <laughs> all right so um i have one other thing that's on this prediction sheet and obviously we can touch on a couple more things before we end the show here um but the last thing is more of an open-ended thing and i wanted to do this just because things could happen like what we just did and you know everyone picks the same answers um but the last thing is i want you to make a bold prediction about the film and this is not something that um you know pick something pick something difficult pick something that is off the wall or some people might be like oh i never thought of that maybe that could happen um and i don't know i i'm i feel like this is a bold prediction this is mine um, I think that George Lucas is going to have a blatant cameo. Like, you'll be able to see him mm -hmm. in, like, the background or something. It'll be like, oh, there's George, you know, or something like that. Like, George Lucas will be in this film somewhere, and we'll be able to tell it's him. That's so funny. I literally had that thought earlier today. I was like, I wonder if he'll just show up in this one. <laughs> yeah. I, I, could, I could totally see that coming to fruition. Um... Okay, so I haven't thought too, too much about this, but off the top of my head right now, um, just with all these pieces of Rebels coming together and we're seeing, you know, all these ships and all of these, um, 
it looks like there's a huge coming together of resistance allies at this point. And I just feel like we could get some characters from other TV shows or other things that we were never ready to see in live action. You know, like I feel like we could get, I, mean, I should just pick one. I don't want to make it like a, a vague thing. I feel like, I mean, we've already had a Hera, like... Oh, spit it out. I know who you want to say. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we'll get Ahsoka. I know you think I'm going to say Ahsoka. But I don't think we'll get her. I'm going to be really mad if I say this now and then we get her. I um, think we're going to get her. I do. You do? Yeah. In this movie? I don't think she'll do anything. <laughs> I don't think she'll say anything. I don't think... Like, I think we'll see a glimpse if they go to like a resistance, like whole, like a base or something. And we have all these people here. I think we'll see her like walk in a corner or like if we see the ghost, like we know the ghost is in this battle. She might be the pilot or something. Like, I don't think she'll have a major role by any means, but I do think that we'll get a glimpse of Ahsoka. And if that happens, um, I think that is the one character that will just cause people to just like erupt yeah lose their crap lose it yeah okay here we go yeah you know what this is what (laughs) i really want and i will put my money on it i i really would think that I mean, we know one character that has been able to successfully kind of deviate from the Jedi way and just be a force user that doesn't have any affiliation, that is just on a mission. She's The last we've seen her has been on a mission to find Ezra. There has to be a reason she was determined to do that. I just think it would be really cool if this somehow segued into a her helping find a way to get I feel like especially with Ahsoka she's associated with all of these children um, that she's come across it over time that are force users who have nowhere to go like Ray, like Ezra um, like little um, Hidala Fardy all these kids that are just scattered across broom boy that have (laughs) nowhere to turn to um and i feel like if if ray is going to be kind of that new pinnacle of starting a new order maybe the skywalkers whatever we're going to call them like i think she would need still a a real alive guiding force like ray is still not She's still figuring all of this out. This is all still pretty new to her force-wise. Um, so, so I feel like... is your bold Ahsoka, prediction Ahsoka is going to be in the movie? Yeah. Okay. You, you emboldened me. You emboldened me. So, I, yeah, I think, I think she could have a part in kind of what the, what the future holds. Like our like, spark of hope of what's beyond the Skywalker saga. All right, it's it's inked in. That's it. We'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, 
that was my prediction sheet. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that and hopefully you, you filled it in yourself. Um, obviously you don't have the template, but maybe wrote down your answers and, and um, you know, submit those to us. We'd love to see what you guys wrote down. Um, and I'm excited to see who wins our little contest. Um, obviously there's a ton that we can talk about and we're, we're getting close to being an hour here on the show. So we're going to, we're going to wrap it up a little bit. Um, there's a couple things I did want to kind of touch on a little bit before we leave though. Um, Knights of Ren, what do you think that role is going to be in the film? I do not know. I am so interested in this. I, I know there's been a comic book, right, that has come out with Kylo. I haven't read any of it. I don't know if it has started being uh, released yet. Yeah, I don't know if that's out yet or not. I, if it's not, it's coming out probably this week. Yeah, because I just... I don't know what their role is. Because, you know, Snoke calls Kylo the master of the Knights of Ren. Like, like it, And that's, like, all we really get other than little flashback like glimpses of them like i yeah i really don't know i i wonder if kylo is kind of like rounding up anyone he can to have this you know last crusade of either killing or converting ray um and he i don't yeah i just i really don't know they're like a full mystery to me yeah uh, i don't either because it seems like in some articles and things that i've read that kylo is actually taking out some of the knights of ren in like the trailer and stuff so but at the same time it's like if he's the master of the knights of ren why aren't they on his side like i i don't know there's a background there and i'm anxious to figure out what it is and are they all wrens like is there like a like a Django Ren, and like, like, did he get his name because he's a part of the Knights of Ren, or do they get his? Do they get that name because they're like he's the master of the group, and so they took his name. Yeah. Um, Sith troopers. So Sith troopers to me have been a big question mark only because they were one of the first things that we ever got as far as marketing from Lucasfilm related to the Rise of Skywalker. We get this really cool new trooper called Sith Troopers, and they're red, and they have elements of clones, elements of First Order Stormtroopers, elements of the Praetorian Guards, clones, um, and they're just, uh, I don't know. I, I don't, I mean, I haven't watched every single TV spot or trailer. I mean, I think I've watched all the trailers, but all the like the new content that's coming out recently, mm-hmm. I haven't. I haven't really watched it all. Um, so I could be wrong if we've gotten the Sith troopers involved, but I don't remember seeing any Sith trooper footage out there. Um, so you know, like I said, it was one of the first things we got as far as as far as marketing, and now we haven't seen anything from them, other than some you know merchandise. So what do you think? Is the deal with these Sith troopers? Why are they Sith troopers? Are they Force sensitive? Are they just are they Palpatines? Are they part of the First Order? Uh, <laughs> what's the deal with them? They Palpatine clones, more clones. Um, <laughs> I I just can't see why they would be labeled as Sith specifically if they weren't able to tap into the Force. So you think they are Force sensitive in some way? Yeah, because. 
I mean, you could have a trooper that was especially equipped to fight someone who uses the force, and you could name them a specialized thing, but why would you specifically name them Sith troopers? I mean, Sith would suggest that they're studying the way of the Sith and that they, they're using the force in that specific way. Because there's no Sith right now. Palpatine. That we know of, I mean, besides Palpatine. See, that's my thing. I feel like they could be... I feel like Palpatine has been orchestrating this thing from the beginning. Yeah. And these are special troopers that have been modified, maybe similar to um, death troopers in a way. I don't personally think they're Force-sensitive. I think they're just sort of the elite troopers that follow the Sith at that time or something. I don't know. What if they're, like, leftover, like, failed Inquisitors, you know? Yeah. They make, they've made a really big deal of him collecting Force-sensitive children and experimenting on Force-sensitive children. Like, what if these are kind of, like, like, they weren't good enough to be Inquisitors and get a lightsaber and, like, run their own missions, but he still has, like, these other, like, like a little mini Force army that he's just acquired. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think that should probably do it for this episode. Uh, but before we go, anything... Well, I'll start, and then you can kind of just go on. Um, I posted something on my Facebook just minutes before we started recording, and it was a little video. It was like 40 seconds of me at Christmas in 1995. And it was the first time that my parents had ever given me brand new Star Wars action figures in the box. And that really sparked my passion for collecting. Um, a couple of months before that, I had been given some of the very old action figures that my uncle had given me that he had when he was a kid. And those were my first ones. But these ones were brand new, brand spanking new in the box. And they were awesome. And... Um, that sparked my collecting and it, it, you know my my uh, involvement in the community and there have been so many people in my life that I only know because of Star Wars and you know it really it's very special to me like being in the community and 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 having this franchise and I'm very excited for the party that we're having on Thursday just to kind of be with everyone who enjoys the same things that we do and, um, you know, being able to show off the collection. There's going to be a couple of people that haven't seen it coming to the house this week, so I'm very excited to share my passion with them. Um, and, you know, obviously my parents were huge supporters of, of the collection and, and um, my desire to be involved in the community and, and all that, and so... Obviously, I want to thank them for just believing in me and, you know, being being there for me even when I've had rough days at school and come home and all I have is Star Wars and they're cool with it, you know. Um, so, I don't know. I, there's, there's so many people I just want to mention, but I'm not going to do that just because I know I'm going to forget somebody. But um, there's just, I just feel so blessed to be a part of this community and... As much as, you know, The Last Jedi gets hate and stuff, there really is a great fan base. And, um, you know, I'm just super excited to be in the theater on Thursday and, and see it with all you guys. Yeah, I mean, this, like, means so much to so many people. And I, I, I know I got into it 
a lot later in life, but I, I, it, it really just, especially this past year with like going to celebration and really getting to immerse myself and, and meeting other people, you know, who feel just as passionately and, you know, other podcasters, other people who like dedicate so much of their time and, uh, just feel so strongly about this story like has just been really special and I just remember like I mean you know I always watch I watched them a lot when I was a kid with my cousins but I I didn't really I wasn't in love with it as a kid I thought it was cool and I that was it and then when I met you in college and you reintroduced me to Star Wars and I saw your love for it and your passion for it and you introduced me to the Clone Wars mm-hmm. and watching the Clone Wars and watching getting basically through the Clone Wars sparking like this love of Star Wars and a passion for Star Wars. Like, I, it's crazy to me that that was like, gosh, everybody has now? everybody has their own sort of thing that got them into it and for you it was the Clone Wars and I know a lot of people that it was like that I think even for you know my girlfriend Amanda she watched them growing up and everything but she really connected with Ahsoka and connected with the Clone Wars and that's what brought her into it as well and so I think that's awesome that everything could anything could bring people in right like it just Star Wars is so special and it's so vast that there's so many different types of storytelling and so many different characters that you you have to be able to connect with one of them yeah and they they mean something to you um yeah and just in this trilogy specifically has just you know being a quote-unquote newer star wars fan as in you know i I became as an adult I became more passionate about Star Wars as passionate as I am today this trilogy has meant a lot to me getting to be a part of these midnight releases and these these conversations and like these um you know being like oh I don't know who's gonna die who's gonna live what's gonna happen like this is all so special because I feel like for so long it was just something that my friend Eric like showed me and got me into and <laughs> and being able to like experience new parts of, of the Skywalker saga specifically right along with everyone else has just made me not feel like a new Star Wars fan anymore. It's just I know that shouldn't be even a thing in my head anymore at this point because we've been doing this for so long and I'm really no longer like a new fan, but it this has this saga in particular has just made me feel so much more connected to it and so much more of like on the inside of this fandom which has been super welcoming and I just have loved every part of it it's super sad that this that the saga is coming to an end yeah well I'm excited to see the movie with you and and with a bunch of other people as well um we've got 25 tickets that we booked out for our theater so it's that's, uh, and everyone has, has claimed their seats, and, and we're all going, so it's exciting. Um, obviously, there's a bunch of new characters that are going to be in this one. Zuri Bliss, uh, Janna, uh, Dio. Um, we're getting a ton of new characters, and I, I'm very excited to see where it all goes. 
Um, and we are going to be doing uh, some interviews at the theater like we always do. And we'll be doing some uh, Twin Suns Outpost live videos. And um, we are going to be having some full coverage with uh, the theater and, and all the happenings on that day. And then, of course, afterwards, we'll have our reaction show and we'll talk about how this connects everything. And uh, we'll see who won our special prediction sheet contest. That'll be pretty cool. Okay, um, that'll pretty much do it. Jesse, before we go, where can people find us on social media? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under the handle at Twin Sons Outpost. All right, and if you have anything you want to tell us about your predictions for the film, you can message us on any one of those platforms. Also, if you're looking to listen to our podcast, you can find us on the Twin Sons uh, website, which is www.twinsonsoutpost.com. You can also find us on the Star Wars podcast app through the Google Play Store and on iTunes. And if you like our show and you think we're pretty wizard, go ahead and give us a good review on wherever you listen to podcasts. We hope everybody enjoys The Rise of Skywalker Episode 9 in theaters this upcoming Friday or on the Thursday if you're going for the opening night uh, events. Um, have a great time. Be safe out there. And as always, may the Force be with you. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall, Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels. You've been listening to Twin Suns Transmission, an exciting show where sand gets everywhere. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Twin Suns Podcast Network. May the Force be with you, always. Yeah. <laughs>